Employment Roundtable podcast is produced by the Gable Gottwalls Law Firm. The Employment Roundtable is provided for educational and informational purposes only and does not contain legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. The information provided should not be taken as an indication of future legal results. Any information provided should not be acted upon without consulting legal counsel. Welcome back to the Employment Roundtable, where we provide you with the perspectives and information you need to make wise employment decisions for your organizations and your employees. I'm your host, Talitha Ebright, and today we're talking again with the EEOC's Holly Cole and my Gable Gottwalls partner, Ellen Adams, about the intersection between the legal framework that applies to religious discrimination in the workplace and COVID-19 vaccines. Holly, during the last episode, we learned about the legal framework that applies to religious discrimination in the workplace. Um, Now, how have employees relied on this framework when filing charges with the EEOC in relation to employers' COVID-19 vaccine requirements? Right. Thanks, Talitha, for asking me to to visit with you again today. Um, I want to remind everybody uh, something that we've alluded to in in episodes past, and that is the EEOC's guidance on issues um, related to COVID-19, not just the vaccine, but but issues generally. Um, All of those guidances that have been uh, put out by the EEOC can be found on eeoc.gov. And um, I would encourage you all to Um, consult with that information. It's a lot more in-depth than what we have time for today, but it provides a good framework um, for what we're talking about. But, um, you know, last time we did talk about the legal framework and proving um, that you are, or for the employee would have to show in order for them to ask for a reasonable accommodation under uh, Title VII uh, or religious accommodation. Uh, It's important to keep in mind that, a sincerely religious held belief um, does not include uh, social views, political views, economic views, personal preferences, um, and it doesn't include non-religious concerns about possible side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine. So I think um, in the prior episode, um, Ellen alluded to um, submitting something under the cloak of a religious uh, a sincerely religious held belief. And I think that's something to keep in mind. You know, it's probably smart for employers to, when they receive a request and they're kind of questioning, is this really a, a religious um, objection or is this a social or a political objection? Um, it's important probably for them to step through that analysis anyway, so that they can drill down and figure out why the employee is asking for the exception. That makes great sense. Thank you. And so, and then based on the framework that we talked about the last time, um, can you elaborate a little bit more about, you know, requests for accommodation in relation to the COVID-19 vaccine? Sure. So some of the things that we have seen, um, you know, we have, you know, the, the, probably the most, um, the clear example would be an employee who says, I have a religious objection to be, be being vaccinated due to the, you know, my sincerely um, held religious beliefs. So there's that. I want to be exempt from the employer's requirement that I get vaccinated. Um, so if, if that's the situation, then it becomes, all right, 
what could we do um, in lieu of you being vaccinated? So, um, and again, this is so workplace dependent because the work that's being performed um, in an office cubicle is very different than the work that's being performed in a warehouse. So, so you really have to consider um, the in, environment in which the work is being performed and whether these accommodations are reasonable or are, are doable. Um, you might consider, you know, uh, enhanced face masks. There's physical distancing, you know, relocation of workspaces so that people aren't co-located. You might consider, um, can this work be done uh, via telework? So the person's not in the work environment, um, could require periodic testing for COVID-19, modified shift or hours. So the person's working on maybe on a shift where there's not a lot of other people around, um, transfer reassignment, you know, and, there, and then there could be any combination of those things. So, and that's not to say that um, there's a, a one size fits all. So it, all of these things have to be, you know, factored in when considering a request for an accommodation. And the answer ultimately might be, we can't do it, you know, d- because of the nature of our work. Um, there may be some safety, some health issues that we just can't um, allow an exception to our vaccine mandate policy. That makes great sense. And so from an EEOC perspective, are there any areas that employers should pay particular attention to and when responding to a request for a religious accommodation in relation to the COVID-19 vaccine? Um, one thing kind of stands out to me is, and I, and I believe that Ellen is going to have some things that she will elaborate on um, in the advice that she gives to, you know, the, the nuts and bolts advice she gives to employers. But I think one thing to to keep in mind is don't don't assume um, that the the employee's request is invalid simply because it's based on an an unfamiliar religious belief or practice, something that's kind of outside the mainstream. So I would say that just be cautious about that. Okay, great. Thank you. Now, Ellen, turning to you from um, employers' perspectives, even if an employer has a low threshold for proving that they would be subject to an undue burden um, if they accommodate an employee's belief in relation to the vaccine, is it still worthwhile to explore the sincerity of the employee's beliefs? Sure. Um, That's a great question. And sincerity is always something that is a requirement for the employee. Um, to meet. So I think it's always valid for an employer to say, is this really sincerely held? Um, In light of the COVID vaccine, uh, we've seen a variety of um, requests and employers tackling the sincerity of those beliefs by asking follow-up questions about uh, whether the employee gets vaccinated with other vaccines. Um, to try and drill down what the exact nature is of the belief and how it is actually in conflict with this particular requirement. So it is certainly a best practice for an employer to understand that. Uh, The best way to do that is is no different here than in any other context. It's to have a form in place and have the employee address those things. I have advised employers to use a different um, form just because it allows them to actually drill down into uh, 
what the actual objection is. So in this, this often looks like a back and forth. It's not a simple build us out and we're done with the analysis. It's very individualized. And if an employee presents that they have an objection to a vaccine, uh, it might be specific to a particular vaccine. It might be all of the vaccines out on the market. Um, it might be to this particular vaccine for one reason or another. But you don't know unless you ask those questions and gather additional information from the employee. So I absolutely think it's worthwhile to question if you as an employer have a reason to question. Um, if you don't have a good reason to question, you should err on the side of saying this is a sincerely held religious belief based on what the information I received and move on to the next step of the inquiry, which is will there be an undue hardship if we uh, grant this employee's request for accommodation. Super helpful. Um, now, Ellen, if I understood you correctly, you, you were saying that you think it's a good idea to have um, sort of a separate form that addresses this particular issue. Is that right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, really unique or outside the box thinking, but if you're getting a lot of, and this obviously goes to how big you are, how large you are as an employer and how many of these requests you're having to administer. If you're a small employer using your, your, your standard form, it's probably going to be fine. If you're a large employer and you're having to administer requests from a large swath of employees at a time, getting that information initially will help you assess how to proceed forward. So with respect to the vaccine, um, you know, is it every vaccine? Or is there just one particular vaccine in the way in which it was developed that causes you uh, to feel that that is in conflict with your sincerely held religious belief? Getting that information um, and asking some additional questions can be really helpful in, in this context. Thank you very much, Ellen. And thank you also, Holly. You know, I really appreciate both of you um, giving us the benefit of your wisdom and experience, um, and especially in relation to this topic, because, you know, as we record this in mid-February of 2022, it's still in the news quite a lot, and I expect it will be for some time to come. So it's helpful to be able to provide employers with some resources for how to, to approach the issue. Um, so thanks to both of you. Thank you for participating this season in the Employment Roundtable. And thank you to our listeners for listening to this first season of the Employment Roundtable. We look forward to connecting with you next season and to providing you with more information you need to make wise employment decisions for your organization and for your employees. Thanks very much. The Employment Roundtable podcast is produced by the Gable Gottwalls Law Firm. The Employment Roundtable is provided for educational and informational purposes only and does not contain legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. The information provided should not be taken as an indication of future legal results. Any information provided should not be acted upon without consulting legal counsel.